You're listening to L-Town Radio, the Livingston Library Podcast. Welcome, dear listener, and thank you for tuning in to the July 2023 episode of L-Town Radio, the Livingston Public Library podcast. I'm Joe from the Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, and coming up in this episode, Jessica will tell us about our adult summer reading program, as well as fill us in on the best new books hitting the shelves in July. Archana will tell us about some of the great programs we have scheduled on our July calendar, and Hong Mei will share a rather relaxing rendition of a familiar folk rock tune. But first, I'd like to introduce our special guest for this month's episode. Vanita Kana has been a resident of Livingston for nearly 25 years, and in that time she's been a highly active and productive member of our community. As you'll soon hear, she has played many roles throughout her life, including wife, mother, flight attendant, music maker, radio host, among many others, but she currently operates the Orator Academy, which she also founded, and where she has helped hundreds of students and professionals become confident public speakers. She's also the current president of Livingston's Board of Education, to which she was elected in the fall of 2020. Plus, she happens to be a lovely person to chat with and learn about. I'm thrilled and grateful that she stopped by the library to talk to L-Town Radio about her work in the community, her various experiences across the world, and how she's come to value living a, shall we say, unwritten life. And now I hope you'll enjoy getting to know Vanita Kana as well. So I read that um, you moved to Livingston in 1999 Mm -hmm. from New Delhi. Yes. Um, So can you tell us about what brought you here and and maybe why you settled in Livingston specifically as opposed to somewhere else? Easy peasy, just Mm -hmm. like everybody else. So I actually moved from New Delhi in 97 Mm -hmm. and we were renting for a year and a half in Newport, Pavonia, where everybody else goes, Mm -hmm. uh, Jersey City. Mm And then the children were little, but they would be starting school soon at that stage. So we were looking for a town with good school systems. That is what everyone says. And they come here also for proximity to New York, because mm-hmm. my husband was working in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So we wanted some place which was close to Manhattan. We would have appreciated a train station, which yeah. Livingston did not provide. But the town looked really sweet. And whoever we spoke to, so many people we met here, they would drive to Harrison Park, their car and then would go to Manhattan for their jobs, and we did the same. So uh, schools and proximity to Manhattan was the most important thing I was looking for. As we were looking at houses, and as we were talking to house owners, we realized that there were multi-generations here. Mm-hmm. People grew up here, born and brought up in Livingston, left town, lived elsewhere, got married, had children, came back to Livingston. Mm-hmm. So that spoke a lot about this town. So, you know, that, that kind of value system, the family value system, that, that's where we come from. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and also I completely believe in the fact that good values are good values globally. Mm-hmm. It's not that Indian values are different from American values. It's mm-hmm. good values are good values, period. 
that's that's when I, I don't live here I live in West Orange but I moved I moved to West Orange about five years ago and that's one of the things that really struck me about Livingston is that there are a lot of those families with really deep roots here and, yes. but there's also a lot of people coming from all parts of the world so it's, it's really a great place uh, and the funniest part is Joe that in 19 no in 2014 after having lived in our first house for 15 years we were looking to move and my son, the younger one, was going to finish high school soon. So I was trying to look outside of Livingston. I looked at Florham Park, East Hanover, West Orange, South Orange, everywhere. Mm -hmm. But ended up still in Livingston. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, 2014 till now, I'm in my second home in Livingston, uh, sold the first one. And uh, such sweet memories. I guess my, we call it the karmic, uh, whatever, give and take is still ongoing with Livingston, it's not over yet. Mm -hmm. And this whole board of ed happened after that. Yeah. I mean, if I had moved out in 2014, like I was planning to, mm -hmm. you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to come back to that in a minute, but um, just sticking with your background, um, you have a diverse background in terms of education. You studied literature, music, information technology. So when you, for instance, when you started studying literature, did you have a specific career in mind going into that? Do you want it to be a writer or a teacher, an editor? So literature language fascinated me always. I was always about um, vocabulary, diction, enunciation, pronunciation, without realizing that I had anything to do with communication, so to say. Mm -hmm. But I guess life had that plan, which played out so many years later in my life. Mm -hmm. So I was always fascinated by literature. So that's how I enrolled. And also I think a, a little bit of uh, teenage defiance. When your parents want you to go in a certain path, you go 180. I, mm. I'm not ashamed of acknowledging that I was stupid and foolish. Hindsight, I look back and I think to myself, well, maybe that would have also turned out well. This mm -hmm. hasn't turned out bad either. Yeah. But um, I, I was um, a high achiever in school. And my parents really wanted to see me in other positions, in other careers. So wherever they said, I didn't go on those paths. So mm -hmm. thus, I said, no, no, no. You want me to go for science? You want me to go for um, economics? Okay, I'll go for literature. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how it happened with literature. But I enjoyed it tremendously. We actually, in our times in the university, we used to do uh, Greek and, uh, and, and uh, European Shakespeare, a lot of Shakespeare. It was interesting. It was very mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, so yes, everything, whatever you do, no matter what you do, whether it was right or wrong, you come out stronger and better. Mm -hmm. You learn something from everything you do. So no regrets at all. Yeah, exactly. Great experience. And so did you did you get into music after you got your degree in literature, or uh, was that was information technology? It that? music mm -hmm. actually has been constant in mm -hmm. my life since the age of say, I think fourteen. Mm -hmm. I was still in high school and I suddenly one day said to my mom, I said, I need to learn classical singing. She looked at me questioningly at like, what happened? Did you wake up on a different side of the bed today? What's <laughs> going on? Where is this coming from? I used to love to just sing around and uh, especially in empty halls where your voice echoes mm -hmm. or on top of a mountain. <laughs> uh, I used to love that feeling. And I didn't like, I didn't really mind the sound of my voice. I didn't know it was good or bad. Mm -hmm. But I didn't mind the sound of my voices. So somebody said, you know, if you really want to sing, you should train. So I said, okay. So there was a, this uh, classical Indian vocal school close by, and uh, I signed myself up. 
And uh, I still go for my lessons, actually. Oh, wow. I haven't, because it's my, it's my sanity, Joe. It keeps me balanced. Mm -hmm. That's my mental health that I take care yeah, of. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I, I play music myself. I, I do musical story times here at the library. And, you know, I never expected to, to like, make a career out of it. But yeah, I just, I just need to do it every so often. I need to, to do like it too. For my own mental health. And when I don't get a chance, when I end up canceling my classes, mm -hmm. now I'm doing online classes with a teacher in India. When I have to cancel my class for something, I'm not very happy those days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm singing all the time. Mm -hmm. And so then, how did you get into information technology? So information technology happened when I moved here. Mm -hmm. The thing was, okay, you want to make yourself relevant to the times. And that was a time of information technology boom. Y2K was going to happen, right? Right, right? So that's how my husband suggested, hey, you want to... And I'm a learner. I don't mind uh, putting myself in things which I have no clue about. Again, because my thing is, hey, you know, at least I'll know what it's about. Mm -hmm. You know, it may not be my ultimate skill at the end of my life, but I'll learn something new. Mm -hmm. If I don't like it, I'm not investing my whole life into it. I'll move on to something else. Yeah. So just with that... I signed up for this webmaster program at NJIT. Children were small, they would go to school, I would go to NJIT, great, learn something. Did I like it? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> because it was too dry. Yeah. I'm a people's person, I need people to talk to. I, I don't want to work with a machine all through the day. I need human energy. Yeah, I get that. I, I had to do an information technology class for, uh, for my library degree and I was okay at it, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. Time. But at least I can uh, throw the tech jargon at people now. There you go. <laughs> I know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll hear more of my conversation with Vanita in a moment, where she'll share her experiences as a radio host and as a flight attendant. But first, here's Jessica to give us the scoop on the hottest new books headed to our shelves in July. Hello, L-Town Radio listeners. Are you as excited for new summer reads as we are? Here is a preview of what titles you can look forward to hitting our library shelves this July. Please note descriptions are taken from the publisher. Obsessed by James Patterson, July 10th. A killer is targeting young women in New York City and is obsessed with Michael Bennett's daughter. Must Love Flowers by Debbie McCumber, July 11th. Two women at different stages of life find themselves on a journey of renewal after undergoing hardships in this uplifting novel from number one New York Times bestselling author Debbie McCumber. An Evil Heart by Linda Castillo, July 11th. Chief of Police Kate Burkholder investigates the brutal death of a young Amish man in An Evil Heart, the latest installment of the bestselling series by Linda Castillo. Summer Skies by Jenny Colgan, July 11th. New York Times bestselling author Jenny Colgan takes us to the gloriously windswept islands of northern Scotland, where we meet young Morg McGintley, who runs the pedal jumper flights that serve the island's tiny but proudly feisty population. Crook Manifesto by Colson Whitehead, July 18th. The two-time Pulitzer Prize winner and best-selling author of Harlem Shuffle continues his Harlem saga in a powerfully and hugely entertaining novel that summons 1970s New York in all of its seedy glory. Prom Mom by Laura Lippman, July 25th. New York Times bestseller Laura Lippman tells the story of Amber Glass, desperately trying to get away from her tabloid past but compulsively drawn back to the city of her youth and the prom date who destroyed everything she was reaching for. 
Pink Lemonade Cake Murder by Joanne Fluke, July 25th. Fans of deliciously charming page-turning whodunits rejoice. Beloved New York Times bestselling author of Queen of the Culinary Mystery, Joanne Fluke delivers the 28th mouthwatering Hannah Swenson mystery. Somebody's Fool by Richard Russo, July 25th. The Pulitzer Prize-winning author of Empire Falls returns to North Bath in upstate New York to answer the characters that captured the hearts and imaginations of millions of readers in his beloved bestsellers Nobody's Fool and Everybody's Fool. Which one of these titles are you looking forward to reading the most? Happy reading! Thank you so much, Jessica. And now here is part two of my conversation with Vanita Khanna. How did you end up with your own radio show? Oh, so again, creating relevance for yourself. Mm -hmm. That actually also happened around the same time I was doing information technology. So having moved to this country with two babies in arms, you know, I didn't come here for college. I came here as a mother of two babies. Mm -hmm. Now, that was a huge revelation because the lifestyle here was so different from lifestyle back in India. In India, you have house help, mm-hmm. you have a driver, you don't do much, you just take care of yourself and your career. Okay. Now, here, there's no house help, it's very expensive, so you do everything yourself, and sometimes you don't find time in the day to even get a quick shower, mm-hmm. because with two children, um, that shook me a little bit. But again, each experience builds you up, is what I believe in. So I said, okay, we shall, we shall survive. And uh, I was just trying to find my relevance. What am I good for now? I don't have a job. Mm -hmm. I'm just at home taking care of babies. Who am I? What am I worth? So a friend of mine said, hey, um, you you should call the radio. You have a good voice. You should call the radio. Maybe you can do a radio show. So there was this um, Indian radio uh, frequency called Eastern Broadcasting Corporation, EBC. It was an AM frequency. It's still actually, it's still active. And uh, they were in Jersey, based out of Metashin. I called them. I found them surfing the net. I found them. I called them. They asked me to come to the studio and meet with them. I did. They said, okay, why don't you start coming from tomorrow and start sitting with this girl who's doing this 10 o'clock show and observe and learn. Okay. Little did I know that she was going back to India, packing up, and they were looking for a replacement. In two weeks, I had a show of my own. So, um, another thing that you probably uh, may have read about me, that I was also a flight attendant for five years. Oh, I don't, I yeah, don't I think I got that part. I yeah. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> that was in India. That was in India. Uh-huh. So, after my English literature, I went into that line. I worked for a hotel, uh, one of the leading hotel brands in India called Taj, T-A-J. And, um, and, and very proud to say that my, my first cousin is now the CEO of Taj Hotels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the Pierre Hotel in New York? Mm-hmm. That's them. Oh, so they uh-huh. have Indian hotels in India and hotels in all many countries and just spectacular. So I was very happy to be a Taj employee mm-hmm. as my first job. And then I wanted to travel the world. And you know, you don't have the money and you know your parents will not spend that kind of money on you. You're a middle class family. Mm-hmm. So, and my mother was a teacher, father was an, a civil engineer. They don't have that kind of money to send you for international uh, travels. Mm-hmm. So I said, how do I do this? I want to see the world and not pay for it and not sell a kidney for that. So what do I do? 
So join an airline, Vanita. You're tall. Wow. You may make <laughs> it as a flight attendant. <laughs> All right, you just have to put that bug in my head, and I roll with it. <laughs> so I started applying for it, and I got into um, Air India, which is the international carrier of India. And man, that was such a blast. I traveled to Moscow. I traveled to Europe so much. I traveled to Japan, Hong Kong, Singapore, Bangkok, I mean Thailand and came to New York so many times. It was just fabulous. So now that was a very well-paying job. And then suddenly I quit all of that and come here with two babies. Money's not coming anymore. And you start questioning your worth, at least I did. Not, I'm sure not everybody does. And you shouldn't, actually. Your job and your money should not define your worth. Right. <laughs> it's hard not to think that way, but yeah. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> I did. So then I had this radio show in two weeks, and uh, the radio, sh it was a coffee break show, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 10 to 11, mm -hmm. called Coffee Break. So my thing was, well, I'm not going to call it Coffee Break. I have to have it, give it my own twist. So they said, what do you want to call it? So coming from the airline, there's a, there's a very famous uh, book written by, so-called written by flight attendants, so it's not, mm -hmm. called Coffee, Tea, or Me. I've heard of that, yeah. 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 So I said, okay, having, uh, coming from the airline background, let me call my show Coffee Tea and Me mm -hmm. to avoid copyright issues. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I called it Coffee Tea and Me, and my radio name uh, was uh, Vicky. So I, I suddenly felt like 10 years shed off me. Mm -hmm. Vicky sounded so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so Coffee Tea and Me with Vicky, and I did that for 16 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's just been such a, I look back and I sometimes I feel I'm all over the place. Where is, <laughs> there's no direction or what? But I now realize when I look back at the age of 54, I'm 54 to a few days ago was my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. So at 54, I look back and I, I realize how beautifully uh, this tree of my life has grown. Yeah. It's branching out, it's balancing itself out. It, it's, it's a good, good picture, not yeah. bad at all. So how, out of all the places you've traveled, do you have a favorite country or city? It's very hard to pinpoint one because I loved Italy, because the history, the, the cobbled streets were so unique, the, the old city, the new city. Um, and for whatever I had read in the books to actually see those places was just fascinating. I remember once I was waiting outside Vatican for my hotel hotel coach to pick me up and it was a Sunday. Mm -hmm. Sunday mass was going on and Pope John Paul was speaking from the window. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself, my gosh, I'm not even Catholic and I'm feeling so good about being wow. here. <laughs> so those experiences, um, and then again, uh, Paris, ultimate romance, I feel. There's something in the air. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, it, it's very hard for me to pick a favorite, mm -hmm. but those two stand out, do, do stand out for me. We'll have part three of my conversation with Vanita in just a minute, where she'll discuss her term on the Livingston Board of Education, dealing with issues like COVID-19 and students' mental health. But first, let's enjoy a brief musical interlude provided by Hong Mei. During our break time today, we're going to enjoy a piece of beautiful, relaxing music for stress relief, played by acoustic guitar. It is called The Sound of Silence, written by Paul Simon in 1964. The key message of The Sound of Silence is that we never have to stay quiet. 
and we should not be afraid of speaking out, both in our personal and our social life. This is the perfect music for you to listen to at the beach or when you feel stressed. Sharing that, Hung Mei. Again, that was an acoustic guitar rendition of Simon and Garfunkel's "The Sound of Silence." You can find the entire recording on the YouTube channel Guitar Music 2023, along with many other lovely and relaxing acoustic guitar songs. And now here's part three of my conversation with Livingston Board of Education President Vanita Kana. All right, so let's go a little bit closer to the present. And now um, you ran for the Board of Education position right as the COVID pandemic was starting. Um, so what are your impressions on how the school district is able to navigate through the pandemic now that we're, you know, obviously it's still around, but it's not much of an issue. How, how do you feel about how the the school board and the school district was able to, to work through that? I think the district has done very well because uh, our schools, our administration set up an advisory panel of uh, health uh, officials who were top-notch uh, people in their, in their, in their fields. Mm-hmm. We had uh, the heads from Barnabas and it was just a, a group of really solid medical professionals. Mm-hmm who were constantly meeting up on Zoom with us and and guiding us through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's happening? What to anticipate? Where is this going? This second, next variant is coming. Now this is happening. So at least, and of course our superintendent and our administration had to be in constant communication with other districts too to see if they had heard something different and what were they doing. You know, you always kind of assess and and find out what's happening around you. though you could chart your own path out, but still. And I think uh, the district, it wasn't easy for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, t- 2020, I wasn't there. I joined in 2021. By then, we had already moved to full-time schools. Um, but um, I-, I think they pivot became a very commonly right. used word. Mm-hmm. And now they say we will not use that word ever again. <laughs> Enough of the pivot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they did. They did pivot as and when they were required to. They were very mindful of what was going on. Uh, Partitions, no partitions, uh, distancing. It it wasn't easy. It was changing every day. Mm. Uh, But I think the district came out beautifully out of that. Mm. And I remember reading there was an, um, when you were running for the the board, you mentioned one of your top priorities was mental health and Mm -hmm. mental wellness for Mm -hmm. uh, the youth in our community. How do 
how do you feel about the progress that the community has made since then? Yeah, so uh, coincidentally, it was also time for us to come up with our strategic plan for the next five years. Mm -hmm. So last year, we finalized our strategic plan. We had several meetings. It was a group of 30 that used to meet every month. And uh, it was all board members. It was some staff, some admin, community members, so and students as well. A very carefully selected group of 30. And, uh, and we had uh, the special a vendor called TMI, the Madison Institute, who, would, who walked us through this entire process. So basically, the meetings were to brainstorm, to discuss which direction, where we have been, and where we are, we are at, and where we should be headed. So, and out of that came out the portrait of the graduate as well. Have you seen, have you taken a look at that? Um, I can um, send it to you. Yeah. But the portrait of the graduate is such a beautiful, I mean, uh, outcome of it. And I think to myself, and I, I actually said that in one of the meetings as well, that I want to, to be that. So it's, uh, we want our children to be, see this is the portrait of the graduate. It's in every school right now. Okay. Okay. So it is uh, basically conscientious friend, independent thinker, balanced individual, thoughtful communicator, collaborative leader, and motivated learner. Mm. So it's not just the academics. It's right. much more than that. You need to be, and if you read the fine print, it's been described and explained also. We mm. want to create dignity, respect, understanding, equity. So this happened, and then also we have, um, we, we focus massively on equity in all areas, not just one. Mm -hmm. So it's academic, it's racial, it's several different uh, levels. And uh, we hired a vendor called GSP, Great Schools Partnership. They've already worked with our, us for three years now. I think uh, the only thing that we missed out on was that we did not have um, a report as to where we were at when we started with them. Mm -hmm. So the board constantly asked for that, that some uh, rubric of sorts or some metric mm -hmm. and um, so now we are currently going through an equity audit okay. by an outside vendor mm -hmm. and we have paused the renewal of contract with the with the current vendor till we know what is the state of our schools in terms of equity mm -hmm. and what what we've done so far in the last three years has it been effective or not mm -hmm and uh, which way are we headed now? Should we continue with the same vendor or should we look into a different one? Mm -hmm. So I think, and all those uh, small initiatives that are happening internally also, the teachers are doing on their own also in classrooms. I think mental wellness has become everybody's focus. Mm -hmm. We also have several links on our website. Uh, there's Care Solace program also, the, the vendor. You can talk to them for free. Mm -hmm. Parents can log in. Parents can talk to because parents' mental health will affect the children's oh. mental health. Mm -hmm. So children go back home to the parents. So if the air in the house is is tense, the child will be tense too. So that feature is available to parents as well. Mm -hmm. So and I, and parents have been availing. Are they availing enough? Maybe not. But at least it's there. The awareness is growing. And hopefully it will catch on. You know how when a program is new, right. people are a little tentative about it. But as you see somebody benefiting from it, 
then more and more people will avail of it. It's a free service. Mm -hmm. It's a free service, no cost to them. And also I hope that this, this taboo and this stigma goes away, that we can openly talk about it if, mm -hmm. if somebody is going through something. They sh I hope that hesitation gets over. And um, another thing is that um, social media, that is something that the schools can't control, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Social media is um, sometimes a deterrent in people's mental health, mm -hmm. I feel. It's, I call it the unsocial media. Mm -hmm. It is very unsocial. It is, uh, the, the banter sometimes is just beyond. God forbid any child was to read it. Mm -hmm. It would not be good for them to, to read any, the, the, the banter that goes on. It's just, so I think as in terms of the district, the district has been mindfully working on things to benefit our students beyond the, the school also. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's the collaboration that will bear fruit. We have just a few more minutes left of my conversation with Vanita Khanna. But first, let's hear from Archana to tell us about some of the wonderful programs we have scheduled on our July calendar. Hello, podcast listeners. We have an eclectic range of programs to offer you this July. Now, I assume many of you, like me, love to travel, experience new cultures, places, and people. Want to go and see the Pyrenees in France? Or maybe you want to visit the pyramids? Traveling doesn't have to be as expensive to undertake or as difficult to plan as it seems. You don't need to put yourself in debt for a year to see the world. How do we pick the best destinations to travel to and make our itinerary planning a less anxious and smoother experience? On July 10th at 7 p.m., you will find out in our program, See the World, Less Money, Less Worry, More Travel. Professional world traveler Chris McCormack will give you practical tips and strategies to plan your world travel, whether alone or with your family. He will help you find the best ways to plan a family trip and to optimize your itinerary as much as possible. He will share useful websites and apps and show how better spending habits before your trip can make a huge difference. Don't miss this opportunity to learn how to make your travel dreams a reality. On July 17th at 7pm, we present the Human Design Workshop. Now, do you ever wonder why you're facing these challenges in your life? Your mind does not stop thinking. You're not able to express your thoughts or opinions easily. You feel the pressure, the fear, the anxiety around people. You put so much energy and effort in your work, but you're not seeing the results. Are you interested in unlocking your full human potential, knowing who you truly are and being more confident in yourself and your choices? Get answers to these questions and more in the Human Design Workshop. Presenter Sheetal Kuroop will give you an understanding of the concept and how this system can be a powerful tool for self-awareness and self-transformation. She will show you ways to use the human design system in your daily life so you can master your aura, your personal energy blueprint, learn about your unique gifts and talents, and attract opportunities and success with ease and flow. Our next program has to do with Ayurveda, a holistic medical system that originated in India several thousand years ago. Ayurveda aims to integrate and balance the body, mind and spirit a balance that is believed to lead to contentment and health and help prevent illness. On July 26th at 2pm, join certified Ayurvedic lifestyle consultant Aruna Raubeg 
for finding myself an introduction to Ayurveda. This promises to be a unique journey of self-discovery using the concepts of Ayurveda, a sister science to yoga, that will be exciting, revealing and transforming. You will understand a concept central to Ayurveda called dosha, which determines our characteristic qualities, why we behave in certain ways, have certain food cravings, mood swings and energy levels, and also influences our career goals and passions. This session will reveal the different traits and attributes to look for in each dosha, help us determine a particular dosha, and reveal how to optimize it with simple home remedies, diets, and daily lifestyle tune-ups. After revealing how to identify your particular body type and your individual constitution, you will be shown how to care for your positives, your natural strengths, and how to subdue the negative attributes. So come for a lively interactive two-hour forum that will simplify this ancient Vedic science and help you rediscover yourself and recharge your mind and body. This event requires registration. Looking forward to seeing you at the library in July at these and other events. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for that, Archana. And also thank you to Archana for being the one to suggest that I reach out to Vinita and see if she'd like to come on L-Town Radio and talk with us. All right, well, here it is, the final segment of my conversation with Vinita Khanna. She's going to talk about the future, about some of her favorite books, and she'll also sing one of her favorite songs. So are you planning to uh, run for the board again in your next term? I will announce on Monday. Okay. At well, the Monday meeting. All right. Well, we'll, we'll wait for that announcement. Um, can, you, can you at least talk about maybe... If there are any issues you see going forward over the next few years that you think the community needs to focus on that maybe weren't as obvious uh, when you first ran for the board or maybe have gotten worse or more prevalent uh, in the past few years? Well, the community, I think, is opening up um, in many ways, so it's promising mm -hmm. because, honestly, when I ran for the election, I wasn't expecting to win. Mm -hmm. We never had an Indian American in the seat before, mm -hmm. in any public office seat in Livingston. So I gave it my all as a candidate, but I, at the back of my mind, something kept telling me, it's not going to come through, Vinita, so be ready for that. Don't be disappointed. Mm -hmm. But it came through, and it was a very tough election. There were four candidates for one seat, and mm -hmm. all incredible ones. I mean, um, the other two ladies I was up against were, were solid. Mm -hmm. And uh, then Mr. James Calderon, uh, you know, who's also been running, he's got a slightly different agenda, but, you know, he, he everybody has a right to stand for what they believe in. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, so uh, when it came through, I, I have to tell you that I did feel validated. <laughs> I did feel accepted. Mm -hmm. And this whole journey of having moved continents and um, having moved to Livingston so many years ago, and I have been very actively engaged in schools and the municipal, um, I was on the zoning board, you must be knowing all that, mm -hmm. zoning board and open space committee and all of that. So I have, I, I think it's just in me to be, to do a little more than just a home, to be a part of the larger community. So when this election result came through, I really felt validated and I felt that Livingston was finally accepting mm -hmm. a diverse board in, you know, in, at least by um, having me, choosing me, because 
um, the larger population voted for me, not just the Indian. The Indians are barely 12% in this mm -hmm. town. Um, so that uh, opened doors. After me, the next year, Mrs. Ms. Arnett, uh, who was my opponent in the first year, mm -hmm. <laughs> she got elected. Okay. So then we had the first black lady on the board. Mm -hmm. And um, so I feel that Livingston is getting diverse and appreciating diversity and embracing diversity. However, sometimes there, there are other undercurrents which I, f I hope can be controlled, which are not so much about race in general, but many other things. I think um, we, we need something or we need to understand that my dignity is as important as anybody else's dignity. Mm -hmm. um, that dignity for yourself, for each other, respect, I hate the word tolerance. Right. Don't tolerate me. Yeah, that sounds so dismissive. That's and, dismissive. Yeah, like I tolerate I, you. Yeah, yeah, I don't want tolerance. Mm -hmm. I want respect. Right. So the you know a lot of endeavors are happening now, which are creating the sense of inclusiveness. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm very optimistic that things are moving in a good direction. Community is coming together, mm -hmm. and I just hope that. Schools, along with the dialogue, the conversation in school and the conversation at home, aligns. Mm -hmm. Only then will the outcome be what we want it to be. You know, it's it's if one hand doesn't work with this other, the other hand, we'll not be able to carry it through mm -hmm. as we envision. Mm -hmm. So that is my only hope. Um, we talk to each other more. Yeah, that's a that's a good thing to hope. Yeah. So you've been very generous with your time. Um, I don't want to keep you too much longer. So before we go, since we're a library podcast and since you're uh, an English lit major, um, <laughs> are there any books you want to recommend to our listeners, either an all-time favorite or something you've read recently or, or even music since you have a, a musical background? So I, I'm a member of a book club, I'm 10 of us girlfriends. We started this book club just to kind of keep each other mentally stimulated. And we've been doing it for about five, six years, diligently, and the discussion is electric. Mm -hmm. Everybody's very opinionated and reading between the lines and all that. Um, doing In one of our book club meetings, we even had the author call in. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, we, we, we are serious about this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but when I got on the board and my workload grew, I excused myself from the book club because I realized I was struggling to go through the book and I was not able to find time. Mm -hmm. But then I rejoined it last summer. <laughs> I said, I got to push myself and do this. We've read an amazing number of books and such amazing, each one gets to pick. The host who's going to host the next book, next book club meeting, mm -hmm. picks the book. So the last one that really stuck in my mind was Jodi Picoult's uh, Great Small Things. Mm -hmm. I could not put it down. I just could not put it down. It just sucked me in. Mm -hmm. And it was about uh, about race and about our social, uh, s social ecosystem. And um, it, it had nothing to do with, with an Indian American, but mm -hmm. <laughs> it sucked me in. It was very articulately written. And kudos to the author. You know, when you can't put down a book, then it says a lot yeah. about the author. So that was the one. Uh, another book that stays in my head all the time, which I can't get over, is Educated by, by Tara Westover. Mm -hmm. 
about this girl from Utah, from a Mormon family, and how she was not, she was denied education, but how she went all the way through Harvard. She went all the way, she fought the system and she came out and I could not even wrap my head around the fact that this is a contemporary book. Mm -hmm. It's not about once upon a time, it's right. now mm -hmm. that this could still be happening. I just couldn't believe it. So that shook me and that was uh, something that I uh, learned which I wasn't aware of. And lastly, I know you asked for one and I'm giving you more. To say as many as you like. <laughs> and uh, one was, so even though I'm, I come from India, I had never read any book written by Tagore. Mm -hmm. Tagore is a famous, he's a Nobel, Nobel laureate. Right. Um, poet, writer, singer, music composer, solid. Indian National Anthem is written by him. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, and he's written lots and lots of books and I had not read a single one. Mm -hmm. So I had proposed when it was my turn several years ago, I proposed that I want to read Home in the World by Rabindranath Tagore. That was also quite an eye-opener because he, uh, the, the female protagonist, the way he writes about her, about her feelings and thoughts and uh, is mind-blowing. How can a man understand a woman to the core so intensely and intricately blew my mind? You know, it was funny that as I'm, I was reading the book and I'm thinking to myself, my God, these things are not never said for a man to perceive mm -hmm. and to so beautifully articulate in that book. And he's written a lot of books with female protagonists. Mm -hmm. So that was exciting uh, <laughs> to read his book. I'm so glad that I thought of going back and discovering my own cultural mm -hmm. <laughs> heritage with a, uh, which I hadn't touched upon. So yeah, it's, uh, it's lots of good stuff out there. Mm -hmm. And as a communications coach, Dale Carnegie. Okay. How to win friends and influence right. people. Of course. Bible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And one more. Uh, do you have any, do you have a favorite song to listen to and or a favorite song that you like to sing? Oh. I am unwritten, can't read my mind. I'm undefined. I'm just beginning, the pen's in my hand. Ending unplanned, staring at the blank page before you. Open up the dirty window, let the sun illuminate the words that you could not find. Reaching for something in the distance, so close you can almost taste it. Release your inhibition, feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you, only you can let it in. No one else. No one else can speak the words on your lips. <laughs> Natasha Beddingfield, yes. unwritten. Your book is unwritten. Yes. Today is when it begins. Well, that was lovely and the perfect way to end. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for, for having me, thank Joe. You, Pleasure you. meeting you. Seriously, what better way? for Vanita to end our conversation than with that song which so aptly describes her unwritten life. Anyway, uh, that was recorded back on June 7th of this year, and as you heard Vanita mention a few minutes ago, the following Monday she did in fact announce at the Board of Education's following meeting that she made the difficult decision that she will not be running for re-election this fall. She said that while she was proud of what the board had been able to accomplish 
Over the past few years during her term, she would need to step aside to focus on other things. But we are grateful for all the work that Vanita did during her time on the Board of Education, and we, of course, wish her the best in whatever her future has in store for her. As for the future of the Livingston Library, we have a whole summer in front of us, and of course summer means summer reading. So here to tell us about the library's adult summer reading program, once again, here's Jessica. Have you registered for adult summer reading? Summer reading is here. This year's adult summer reading program is centered around the theme of All Together Now, which focuses on kindness and community. Adult summer reading runs from June 27th through August 7th. Each adult item you check out earns you a raffle ticket to be entered into our weekly prize drawing. Three lucky readers will win per week. At the end of the program, two lucky winners will win brand new Kindles. This year, the library has kindness and community-based programs for you to participate in all summer long. Adults are welcome to join our Libby Cares Adult Volunteer Club, where on July 11th at 11 a.m., we will be making blankets for Mount Pleasant Animal Shelter and where on July 25th at 11 a.m. we will be writing letters to be donated to seniors in need of a smile through the organization Letters Against Isolation. Throughout the summer reading program, we invite you to stop by the patron services desk to take a heart and write why you love your library community. Those registered in the adult summer reading program will earn an extra raffle ticket. All hearts will be displayed in the library. We also invite you to participate in our community journal program. From June 27th through August 7th, journals will be located at the Reference Desk, Teen Services Desk, and Youth Services Desks, respectively. Community members are encouraged to continue the story inside the journals by writing a few sentences or a short paragraph. We can't wait to see you at the library this summer. Happy summer reading. Thank you very much, Jessica. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of L-Town Radio. Thanks again to Vanita Khanna for stopping by the library to talk with us. Thank you to Jessica, Archana, and Hongmei for all your contributions this month. And of course, thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. I hope you'll tune in again next month. Remember, you can listen to and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on social media over on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can read our daily blog at livingstonlibrary.org slash blog, which is, of course, part of our website, livingstonlibrary.org, where you can search our catalog, browse our events calendar, or use many, many of our digital resources 24 hours a day. We are open seven days a week for all your librarying needs, so I hope you'll also come down to see us in person as well. Until next time, stay safe, stay kind, and stay curious.